0: Hello and welcome to mini episode 157 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 1st of December 2021 and story number one comes from Selene. I was born in Costa Rica but my father moved my mother and I to the States when I was five. The house that I grew up in in Costa Rica used to be a well-known restaurant that my uncle, my father's brother, used to run with his wife. They ended up closing the restaurant and selling the property to my father. The restaurant was slightly remodelled inside to resemble a home. I remember when I lived there, I was always terrified of using the bathrooms. They were at the very back of the house towards the backyard entrance, but it was only the toilet. The shower was towards the front of the home. I would always run and be as quick as possible and I had a fear of looking up because I felt like I was being watched. When I was 12, my parents and I were visiting Costa Rica and we were staying at the house in the kitchen which was renovated into a room. It had a sky window in it. I remember falling asleep early and then waking up because the room was super cold. And when I awoke, there was a really tall, cloaked figure standing over the bed and leaning over me. As it was getting closer, I could see its mouth. The closest I could compare it to is the Dementor from Harry Potter. I ran out of the room to the other room where my parents were sleeping and in tears I screamed that there was something in the house. My father checked all over and even looked out into the backyard and said that all the doors and windows were locked so nobody could have gotten in. I slept with them that night. A few years later my mother and I brought up the topic and she revealed... "'that she saw the same entity when I was a baby. "'She had woken up from the room being cold "'and saw it leaning over my crib. "'She couldn't get up because she was paralysed "'so she closed her eyes and prayed "'and once she opened them it was gone. "'She told me that when my uncle bought the property "'they did an excavation before building the restaurant "'and found a chest with jars "'filled with odd things "'and a human skull.' they found out that the neighbours downhill from the property practised black magic. My mother said that when we lived there, she felt a sense of dread walking through a particular corridor that connected the front of the house to the other house in the back and she felt like something was always watching her whenever she walked through there. My father sold the property when I was in high school. When I was 16, we moved to a mobile home in Fontana in California The owner was in a rush to sell it and she recently became a widow she moved states she left a few things in the home and one of those things was her deceased husband's recliner chair my father took a nap in that chair one day and when he awoke he said that he had had a terrible nightmare and the worst headache he's ever had he never sat in that chair again and we got rid of it there was always a strange feeling in the home There was a time where I would wake at 3.33am every day for several months and every time I did, my dog Lucian would bark non-stop at my window. It would sound as if there was someone pacing outside but when I'd open the window there was nobody there. I also had a chair in my room. You know the one that everyone has to throw random stuff on and I swear I always felt that someone was sitting there watching me sleep. I always had my back turned to it because I was always scared to look. My mom said she would pray in my room while I was in school, and she said that one time while she did it, the whole room started shaking and turned ice cold, and despite her being scared, she continued to pray until it stopped. A few people who visited and stayed over or taken a nap on my mom's bed have all complained about having nightmares. Even my older brother who slept in there one time refused to sleep in my mom's room after just one time. One time I was home alone and didn't want to sleep in my room so I slept in the guest room with my dog and once again at 3.33am I was awoken to Lucian panicking and barking and the doorknob rattling like someone was trying to open it. The room window faced the garage so I checked thinking my mom was home but her car wasn't there. I waited until it stopped then I opened the door and the house felt like a freezer and Lucian kept barking at the ceiling. I went back into the room and slept with the lights on. Another occasion I was in the living room watching tv and my mom was in the front yard and my room was down the hallway and I literally saw a man from my peripheral vision walk out of my room and walk back in. I was able to get a quick view He was tall with short brown hair and appeared to be wearing a blue mechanic jumpsuit. I freaked out and told my mom, and she came inside and went to check and said there was nobody there. My mom eventually brought someone to bless the house, and things calmed down after, but I still felt like there was something there and it was watching me. My mom sold the house after nine years of living there. I have a younger sister now, and sometimes she sees things. Where we reside now, she freaks out sometimes about the creepy woman in the bathroom. We sage the house a few times, and she doesn't see her for a few days, but then she does and freaks out. I found out a few years ago that my great-grandmother on my mother's side might have practiced witchcraft along with her daughters, and I've heard that stuff like that tends to stay in the family. But not just because my siblings and even my mom are a few of her relatives, we were all sensitive to the paranormal. My father owns a different property from the previous mentioned. It's in Costa Rica, but it's in a mountain area. And one time before the streets in his neighbourhood were paved, or even had streetlights, he was walking back home from a bar late at night. He only had a flashlight with him, and as he was walking he said he heard chains being dragged against the rocks behind him. He said he stopped, and shone the light behind him, but there was nothing there, so he kept walking. But he said he heard it again. And when he looked around, he saw a huge black dog with red eyes with chains on his body. And he said his blood turned cold and he ran home and locked the gate and the front door. He said he didn't look back to check if it followed him out of fear, but it sure creeped him out. In Costa Rica, it is said that if you see a huge black dog with red eyes and chains at night time, that it's the devil following you. It definitely sounds like there's some sort of generational psychic ability or sensitivity that is being passed down in your family because you had that experience of the Dementor type creature and then your mum had it years before in like some sort of sleep paralysis episode and that mobile home sounds completely terrifying from the dog barking at things, from waking every night at three thirty three AM, the mum's bed, like the room shaking. There's just so much weird stuff happening in that house. And what really struck me about it was the constant references to things being ice cold. Because temperature changes are something that we generally associate with the paranormal. You know, something will happen and people will feel cold. But it happens throughout this story that, you know, both you and your mum feel that icy, icy coldness while something is happening or just before something happens. I don't know anything about folklore in Costa Rica or legends in Costa Rica but I like the one about a huge black dog with red eyes and chains means that it's the devil following you. When I say I like it, I'm going to find it interesting. I, I'd be scared as shit if it happened to me. I have to say, if I was out anywhere at night time and I turned around and there was a huge black dog following me, I would lose my mind. I would be terrified. And story number two comes from Christy. I was married to my ex-husband for 10 years. It was a tumultuous relationship and he struggled deeply with a substance use problem we divorced in 2014 and our two children and i continued to live in the home that we shared as a family this was very upsetting to him as he was very protective of the house he refused to sign a quit claim deed on the home after our divorce and was convinced that someday he would get it back from me my ex-husband died unexpectedly in june of 2016 due to an overdose while living across the state. At this time I had remarried and my husband and our now four children were living in the home. A couple of months after my ex-husband's death strange things began to unfold in our home. The first thing was a door in our home that we came home to find shut. This door is never closed and is very heavy. It is never shut on its own. I was frightened that someone had broken in while we were gone but after searching the home, no one was found. The strange events kept coming. I found myself waking up in the middle of the night terrified without understanding why. I would then need to use the bathroom, but felt an overwhelming feeling of dread and fear at walking through the house. I spoke to my husband about this, and he told me that while lying on the couch one day, while he was home alone, he felt as though he was being watched, so much so that he sat up to look. Most of the events took place in our bedroom. My husband stated that during a nap he was awoken by the edge of the bed bouncing as though someone was pushing on it again and again. This happened to me as well. I was sleeping one morning and my alarm went off. I woke up and before I could roll over to turn off the alarm, I felt a release from the side of the bed, as though someone had been just sitting on the edge. I was terrified. The presence did not feel malevolent, just present. At this point, I started to suspect that I was being haunted by my ex-husband. The events continued. We often saw a dark shadow walk from the stairwell to the kitchen. The pushing on the bed moved to the end of the bed and bounced our feet. Almost every night. We would hear footsteps upstairs when everyone was asleep. The house started to feel heavy and scary. One morning, I was getting ready in my bathroom when I saw one of the kids walk past and into what was once my ex-husband and I's bedroom. I yelled at the child because everyone was supposed to be getting the car to school. When no one answered, I went into the room to check on them, but no one was there. I've woken up to the sound of the TV on in the basement. Too scared to go and check it at this point, I laid in bed and listened in fear. Then the noise stopped. It was followed by footsteps coming up the stairs and into the kitchen. At this point, I was terrified once again, but I had no other choice than to try and get some sleep. The footsteps in our home were increasing. I was reading in bed one night before falling asleep when I heard one of the children upstairs walk the hallway and down the stairs. I waited for them to come to my room needing something, but no one did. I was so convinced one of them came down for something that I got up to check. There was no one. I went upstairs to see what they needed, but both of the kids were fast asleep. Our children never reported events, but my daughter often heard a short, high-pitched dog bark, but we don't have a dog. But my ex-husband had a chihuahua who was always yipping. She also reported her door closing by itself on multiple occasions, but she was never scared of this, she just thought it was odd. About a year into these experiences, I had had enough of the bed bouncing, the footsteps, feeling terrified to move through my home alone at night and feeling as though I was being watched all the time. I searched how to cleanse my home and purchased some sage. I waited to be alone in the home, opened all the windows and began to cleanse the house. I was scared the entire time, but I knew I had to be the one to ask the spirit to leave. I finished the cleanse and was sitting in the living room working when I heard a low growl, like a puma's growl, my daughter had a stuffed cat that would make purring sounds and meow, and it was the only culprit I can think of. But the cat was upstairs in her room, too far away for what I heard, and when I checked on the cat, it was turned to the off position. I ran out of the home and sat on my back porch until my husband returned home. I was terrified to go back inside for fear that I had angered the spirit. After the cleanse, things only got a little better the bed bouncing and the footsteps were a little less but still present. We'd started to become accustomed to these incidents and felt the less we reacted or cared, the less it might occur. Our breaking point in the situation happened in November of 2018, two years after the event started. My husband and I were sitting in the basement watching a movie with the lights off. I had a ponytail in my hair and he was sitting to the left of me. I felt a swoosh of my ponytail and chalked it up to our cat walking across the back of the sofa. I turned my head to look at my cat when my husband said to me, Did you see that? You saw that? I asked him if he meant the cat and he told me no. He said that he saw a man to my right and that it had reached up to me and touched my hair. The cat was sleeping soundly in a chair across the room. I was shocked and frightened. We had never been touched, nor had the spirit presented itself like this to us before. I was a mess. I was scared to walk upstairs in my home or be alone in a room. The next day, my husband and I were lying in bed about to go to sleep, when we felt the bed once again bouncing. It was an annoyance at this point. I spoke up and asked for the presence to leave us alone. My husband got up to use the bathroom, and upon his return to the bed... He was struck in the back, by something, like he was punched. He raised his shirt for me to see if there was a mark, but I saw no mark. I decided at that moment I needed help. The next morning I contacted a local store that specialises in crystals, herbal remedies and psychics. I decided I needed to find out what the spirit wanted. I spoke with the woman over the phone and told her of our experiences. When I arrived at the store I was shaking. The recent events had taken me to the point of fearing for my family's safety. She gave me sage, palo santo, black tourmaline, Himalayan salt and incense to burn. She told me that I needed to be confident and kindly ask the spirit to leave and that with the strong presence I had I would need to cleanse my home three or four times. I also needed to rid myself of negative energy as it was feeding off my fear. My husband and I did the cleanse together this time, as I was unsure I could feel confident doing it alone. It took me a month to summon up the courage to cleanse the home, and we did it together three times. Since this cleansing, we have not had any experiences at all like before. But every once in a while, I get a subtle reminder that the spirit is still there. Finding items from my past that provoke fond memories of my ex-husband Items that have been away in a drawer or a box for years appear on counters or on my nightstand. Songs only he listened to when we first started dating showing up at my requested songs on our iPad in the kitchen. Strange occurrences that only I would understand, but that do not feel unsafe. I like to think that his presence wasn't meant to frighten us, but was intended to let us know that he is still in our lives. I hope that he is watching over us in protection. And that he has found peace. Oh, that was such a great story. And such a complex story. I'm really sorry, first of all, for your loss. I think the loss of an ex-partner is a really complex one. And I wonder if he was just so fixated on getting the house back in life that he just couldn't let it go in death. And I think when relationships break down, like one or both of the parties do become fixated on those details. And you could imagine if somebody felt like that's my house, I'm proud of it, I deserve to have it or whatever he was thinking, then it would become almost obsessional. So when he passed, is it possible that he was like, I'm going to go back there and I need to let them know that I'm still around. I actually think in some sort of way, it's quite comforting that the children weren't affected by this, that they didn't really experience anything. They weren't at the receiving end of it, which kind of makes sense that it would be your ex husband. I know that the your daughter experienced her door closing and experienced like a high pitched bark. But by the same token, I'm really glad that she just said, Oh, I, you know, I wasn't frightened by it. I just thought it was strange. But that growl, like a big cat growl after you did the first cleanse, oh, that gave me goosebumps. I would have been up and at him and out of that house as well. I would have been sitting on that back step waiting for somebody to come home. There's no way. I'd have stayed in the house. And I think as well, once it had gotten to the point where your husband physically saw the manifestation of a man reach out and touch your hair and you simultaneously felt something swish your hair, I would have been like, no, we're sorting this out right now. There is no way, no way. And it sounds like you did exactly the right thing in seeking out somebody who had the capacity to offer you their skills and knowledge and how to organise and sort out these things. I mean, your poor husband getting punched in the back. Like, how terrifying. That's just so terrifying. I am glad you did the cleanse and got rid of it to a certain degree. So now you only have the kind of nice memories, fond memories left. What a story. And story number three comes from Jill. I live in Alameda, California, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I've always been interested and fascinated by paranormal stories. You read many stories with black figures that are frankly scary. Thankfully, I've not experienced anything like this. This is my white asymmetrical lightning bolt dad story that happened to me in 2007. My mom and dad divorced after 16 years of marriage when I was 13. My dad, as cool as he was, was a heavy drinker and smoker. He was a first generation Italian and the eldest of three brothers. He loved to tell stories, do magic, was a wonderful jazz pianist who could play many instruments and also write music. He was also a flight test engineer for McDonnell Douglas. On the weekend, he wore Levi button-down 501s, crisp white t-shirt, brown suede saddle shoes with the red gummy soles, a cigarette hanging out of his lips and always holding a fresh can of Olympia beer, which is watered-down bad American beer. As a kid, I knew my dad was cool. Being that my dad was a heavy drinker and a smoker, as he aged he had various health issues and came close to death a few times, but always managed to pull out of it. He ended up passing away at 69, which is too young. His dead wasn't an easy one, and he went kicking and screaming. I do believe he waited for an opportunity for me and my siblings to leave his house for a bit when he was very sick to pass away. Dad pre a burial plot at Forest Lawn in Los Angeles and I remember meeting the mortician to inspect his body before he was placed in the ground. My dad had a specific request to be buried in light blue pyjamas with dark blue pin striping, a bathrobe, pens in his pyjama pocket with a pen protector, socks and slippers. He said he was going to sleep after all. At Forest Lawn they have a two-way elevator with doors opening in both directions. The mortician rolled Dad in while he was in his casket. The casket was only halfway open, with my Dad's upper body visible and his lower body not visible. I had to make sure Dad was dressed according to his specifications, so I had to put my head close to his head and peer down to view his body. I'm not sure why the mortician didn't open up the bottom part of the casket, but he didn't, and I'm also not sure why I didn't ask him. The whole experience was weird and awkward, so I'll choke it up to the weirdness of the whole thing. After I made sure Dad was in his requested outfit, I turned my head, which was very close to his head, and thought, Damn, you look so good, Dad, with your beard all trimmed. We then left and went to his burial site. When we all gathered at the burial site, I looked at the plot and had a very uneasy, anxious feeling come over me. I felt sick to my stomach and sweaty. I saw where Dad was going to be buried and to the side of that was a tube made out of what I thought was cement. The tube was a little bigger than the casket. I asked why it was next to my Dad's casket and was told that the casket goes inside when it's lowered into the ground for environmental reasons. I know this might sound weird but I started to freak out. Many family members and my Dad's friends were there so I had to freak out in silence and fake it. I am a believer that as humans we have souls which equates to energy and our souls or energy leaves our physical body when we pass as energy doesn't dissipate. For some reason it really bothered me knowing dad was going to be inside a casket which was placed inside a cement tube. I was almost hyperventilating but I had to keep my cool and carry on even reading a prepared speech that I wrote. I got through the service and never told anyone about my silent freak out and didn't know what to do since I don't make the burial rules. About two weeks after my dad's funeral, I rented a U-Haul and brought some of his belongings to my house. I got home in the afternoon, and at around 2.30 in the morning I woke up with a splitting headache. I got up to take some medication in the kitchen, never turning any lights on. Our house is very dark at night, with very little light coming inside the house from outside street lamps. After I got some water out of the refrigerator door dispenser, something compelled me to turn around. When I turned around, I looked on the hardwood floor and saw a bright white light about two metres long on the floor. The white light looked like an asymmetrical lightning bolt. It was the whitest white I have ever seen, and it was smoking about one metre off the floor. When I turned and looked at the light, the thought went through my head. Dad? Everything's alright. I'm alright. Now, I don't know if it's me thinking those words, or my dad, or something else putting those words in my head, but those are the words I heard in my head in my voice. After those words were spoken in my head, the light dissipated from each end to the middle and went up like a puff of smoke into the air. The whole experience lasted about 15 seconds. I was not frightened or freaked out, but rather had a sense of calm and knowing that my dad just came to visit me to tell me he knew I was worried about him and that he was okay. I also had the thought that whatever it was that I saw or that my dad must have been able to do must have taken a lot of energy and I felt very privileged to have experienced it. Seeing and experiencing this has brought me great comfort and I often tell my dad I'm open to more experiences if he wants. Oh, I love stories like this. First of all, Jill, I just want to say that your dad does indeed sound like a very cool man. I was picturing him with your description and he looks like a cool guy. You know, he looks like just a really cool guy. I love how specific he was with his instructions at how he wanted to be laid out. In his pyjamas, in his nightgown, pen in his pocket. After all, he was just going to sleep. And I think that's a lovely way to look at it, really, to be honest. How sweet. And I do think in the event of somebody's death, especially somebody who's in your immediate family... Like you make the weirdest decisions, the weirdest things suddenly seem normal, you don't question the strangest things, and the weirdest things will set you over the edge. Things that you'd never even consider will suddenly send you into a spiral, whether that's a silent spiral as you experienced or like a very public spiral, whatever it is. And it's such a strange thing that you just never know until you're in that situation. But listen, whatever that light was, I'm glad he found a way to come back and let you know that everything was okay and what a nice what a nice way to come back in the form of like a lightning bolt type light thoughts in your head and then the light fizzles out and disappears it's just so comforting and do obviously let us know if you feel up to it if he does make another visitation at some point Thank you so much to Cillany, Christy and Jill for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 1st of December 2021. Just as a side note, in a nice, lovely moment of nice real life ghost stories coincidence, the lovely Jill sent me a hoodie recently and I just so happened to be wearing it today. And it just so happens to be Jill's story. And I did not know that those two things were going to happen. So thank you very much, Jill. And thank you to you for listening to today's episode. Remember, if you're desperate for more content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content. And you also get access to all of the main episodes and mini episodes completely ad free. If you want to find out anything more about Real Life Ghost Stories podcast, you can do so by checking out the website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time.